0: Hey, this is Tony Amaya. I am the pastor of Cross Parallel. Thanks so much for joining us today. I hope you enjoy the podcast. We pray it encourages you, builds up your faith, and draws you closer to Jesus. Thanks so much for listening. Okay, so let me, uh, let me address a couple things. Number one, he talks about how Song of Solomon is not really about... A uh, relationship with Christ. I disagree with that. Um, a lot of people agree with him or disagree with him, um, but it is it is about a relationship with Christ. It is about sexuality. It is about a relationship. Um, but all the Bible is Christological, meaning it's all pointing to Jesus. It all has um, Jesus in and throughout it. And I think and, and so when I first read that book, um, I chose to read it as between me and Jesus, my relationship between him and and it it is pure and clean. It's good. Um, Anyway, I wanted to address that. The second part, um, right towards the very end, he talks about wisdom, building your house on the rock and building your house on sand. It is wise to build your house on the rock. So tonight we're going to talk about dating. I'm going to give just three quick points on dating, Um, but there's, there's no real foundation, scriptural biblical foundation on dating because dating is not in the Bible. It's not mentioned in the Bible and dating the way we know it is less than a hundred years old. So these are more thoughts um, than, than uh, just like hard facts coming from scripture. Um, but I, what I want to say tonight is, is are my thoughts, my opinions coming from my experience, coming from research, coming from mentors. Um, but I think it should be open for debate. I think we should talk about this. I think this should be up for discussion um, on, on what I'm going to share. And so I would love to hear your thoughts. Um, I think that it's okay to, to disagree and to think differently than me that's okay but to be closed off and say no I'd like just to be closed off and not open for discussion that is wrong so don't be wrong all right so um for thousands of years and all throughout history who a person married was decided by their family and in many cultures it's still that way how many of you are grateful that we are not living in bible times amen would your family pick who you would pick we don't know um but yeah in in many cultures and especially in biblical culture uh, marriage was about your family and who you married was now becoming a part of your family marriage was more about family and less about feelings more about family less about feelings and today it's probably the opposite it's more about feelings and less about family. Well, this is how they make me feel. I feel like we're a good couple, and so disregard what my family says uh, completely, which is is not good either. Um, but yes, so 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 that's historically how it was around the Middle Ages. We begin to see marriage for love. We, there's this romance period. Um, And then in the 19th century, we see people and culture more open to the idea of choosing who you will marry. But still, family had a huge part to play. So when you chose somebody, it started especially when women entered the workforce, um, started working a little bit more. Now men had options. They saw more people. And so they started dating, but dating took place around the dinner table at the parents' home or on the front porch in front of the family. That's how it was in the 19th century. Then the 20th century dating, as we know, it really began to emerge, um, beginning with the poor, especially in urbanized areas like New York City, um, when the entertainment area era uh, really began to popularize. So when movies came out, uh, concerts became more popular, parks uh, were being built, restaurants were, were a new thing at the beginning of the 19th century. You could go out to eat instead of stay home and eat. So couples then started to just move, move that way. So, so the way we know dating is, is very new to all of history. Couples then started going out to eat rather than staying home, and it became much more individualized. So because it's so young, Scripture doesn't have much to say about dating. And so if, this quiet, if, if the Scriptures are quiet on a subject, so should we. But that still doesn't mean we neglect it or we ignore it because this is a reality of life. This is a reality um, that we live in. And so it kind of leaves the whole subject up to the territory of opinion, which can be dangerous. Um, where there is opinion, there will always be debate. So I, I want to say this one last time. I want to challenge you. Don't disagree in your head. Disagree with your mouths. I think that we we fall into trouble when we think we're going to offend somebody by disagreeing with them. Let us talk this out so that we can find a healthy way to date the healthy line um, and opinion. So um, we get the freedom um, to figure out the journey from hello to I do. Um, But that journey must be shaped by what Scripture says. Even though it doesn't specifically talk about dating, um, it still talks about how we should live. It still talks about godliness. It talks about love. It talks about sexuality, purity, and right living. Um, And so so there are some things in culture uh, that have to do with dating that are a biblical and some things that are anti-biblical so a biblical meaning it's not in the bible but it's not at odds with the bible it's not going against what scripture says anti-biblical mean meaning it is against what scripture says. So in culture today, we kind of have this idea that a man should bring flowers to the woman he is in love with. That is a way to win her heart or that a date should consist of dinner and a movie. That's kind of what we think um, when we think about dating. And so would that be a biblical or anti-biblical? A biblical. Good job. Um, A couple dates for nine months. They're committed to each other, they love each other, and so they bring sex into the equation. A biblical or anti-biblical? Anti-biblical. anti-biblical. Um, even, even an engaged couple, opening their relationship up to sex is anti-biblical. And so what we're going to do is just look for wisdom in the scriptures, uh, look for scientific research, and we're going to try to learn how to date well in a way that honors God and also honors the other person. Um, So I just have three, yeah, three quick points. The purpose and and timing of dating, the mentors, and the line. He talked about the line, and I want to just spend some more time on that topic. but first we need to know that the purpose of dating is for marriage. He said to, dating to just date is stupid, right? Jesus is looking for a bride, not for a girlfriend. We want to be like Jesus. So don't look for a girlfriend. Don't look for a boyfriend. Look for a husband or a wife. Someone who is, who is sustainable. Someone who is a good match for you. Look for someone who will be a good parent uh, for your kids. And someone who will be a good co-worker with you in God's call on your life. So before you date... There are four questions that I think everybody should answer. Before you get a boyfriend or girlfriend, these are the questions you need to have an answer to. Um, so, when do I want to get married? Think about that question. If you don't want to get married until you're 35, don't start dating when you're 25. It will be a living hell for you. All right? Uh, what do you want to accomplish before marriage? If you want to finish your degree before you get married, my wife was that way. She wanted to get her, her degree before we married. And we shouldn't have been dated until probably the last year, year and a half before college. Because as soon as she graduated college, we got married six days later, <laughs> seven days later, one week exactly. I'm like, okay, we're, let's go. Um, but yeah, yeah, foolishly, we started dating when she, or right before she started going to college. So, yep, bad time. Um, good time, great. I loved it. But still, way too long. Uh, What do I feel called to do with my life? You need to know what you feel called to. God has a calling and a purpose on your life. Know what that is before you enter into a dating relationship, because if not, then you begin to morph into what they want, and you will miss out on what God has planned for you. And then finally, what kind of person do you want to marry? What kind of person do I want to marry? You need to have a list, all right? I've heard a lot of preachers or just people say, you shouldn't have a list, Um, but let's be honest, we all have a list. There are people that are gonna, "Ah, sorry, you're not my type, or you are my type, right? Um, I think our our list should be very, very low, maybe none at all on the physical side, like biceps or butt or face. Like that stuff is, is, is shallow. So we can't... Uh, sorry. Um, I see everybody smiling when I said butt. What the heck, man? Let's just be honest. Okay. Uh, so, no, no, no. Okay. Until you answer those questions, don't date. But then based upon those questions... Figure out dating. If your goal is to travel the world, then it's probably best to do that while you're single. Do that before you get married. Um, he uh, he will talk about it in the next video, um, but one of his friends wanted to go and do missions work and so he had an amazing opportunity to date this girl, great girl and he chose not to date her and he went for three years, did missions work, came back, got married right away. Um, but it's easier to do things like that while you're single. Um, but I think, um, again, with the list, um, things that you should have on your list, get someone who's a hard worker. If they're not a hard worker, get them out of the equation. You need someone who's a hard worker. You need someone who is respectful and also respectable. If you're the only person who respects the person you're dating, ditch them, okay? Um, or don't even, don't even pursue that. They need to be a respectable person that other people respect. You wanna date someone who values others. You wanna date someone who has a good group of friends um, and, and be, because if they don't, uh, then you are their friend. They're, you're their friends. And so whenever you try to be independent and you want to go live, like, you know, have a little bit of freedom, they want to cling to you always because now you are their life. So find somebody who has um, a good group of friends, someone who values families, and then also someone who is not a conformer. So answer those questions and know that the purpose of dating is to create a friendship and test dating is about testing please please hear this it's not about it's it's not like thinking i'm married to this person so way too often couples will get into a relationship and think i have to be committed to this person because that's what true love is you don't have to love that person yet love them when you're married love them with ah ahava unconditional love when you're married and 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 love them with a godly love while you're dating but test them and if they aren't good for you then be okay to say, yeah, I don't think that this is going to work. I think too many of us spend more time testing out the car we're going to buy than testing the person we're going to date and, and eventually marry. A car will last for eight to ten years, and, and, and it, no one goes to a, a car dealership and just like, I want that one because it's, it's, it's beautiful, right? Like, no, you, you, you look under the hood, you take it to your mechanic. You take it for a test drive. If you live in the mountains, it's probably not a good, a good idea to get like a small rinky-dink car, right? You need a, a powerful car. Maybe you need a Jeep. Maybe you need a four-wheel drive car. If you're tra- uh, transporting, transmuting, what is it? No, driving. Tra- commuting from Pueblo to Springs every day, probably don't get a Jeep. It's not going to meet your needs well, right? And so think that way while you're dating. Don't be scared to offend a person. Like it's just it's you know we're just we're testing each other. I'm testing you. That's okay. God tests people, so it's okay for us to. Amen. Okay. Uh, so the purpose of dating is to find a person who is compatible, compatible for a lifelong commitment to marriage and your gardening project that's what we talked about three weeks ago that in marriage one of the purposes of marriage is a gardening project adam had a gardening project he had a garden to take care of and so god gave him a suitable helper whatever you're called to in life you need a suitable helper for that um and 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 don't date until you can answer those questions so the purpose and timing. Now, I want to move on to the mentors. He talked about the friends, that that friends need to be involved in your relationship. Very important um, to not go into hiding as soon as you start dating. Allow friends to be there. Friends are good for accountability. Friends are good for wisdom. Um, But I would also say involve mentors into that, like older, wiser people than you. Um, Because we learn one of two ways, either through mentors or mistakes. And mistakes suck. Mistakes hurt. Mistakes bring regret. And there are a lot of mistakes that cannot be undone. And so we're going to learn through mistakes or we can learn from people who've already made mistakes or have done research. So I would say learn through mentors. That is the best way to learn allow mentors to be involved in your relationship allow them to speak into your life and to speak into the relationship allow them to correct you allow them to call you out and don't get offended allow that um i had some mentors uh while april and i dated um i i I don't think i was a good example of this i didn't allow my mentors that much into my life um but there was someone who, who was just like, I, I, I talked to them about stuff and, and, and they helped me out. And then eventually they're like, okay, every time you're with April, I want you to text me and just let me know. I was like, what? no, man, what the heck, you're crazy. So I was texting him like five times a day. Um, anyway, so, so I, I would text him and then around 10 o'clock he'd say, okay, where are you? You need to leave. And, and he would help hold me accountable. He's like, if you're ever struggling and feeling tempted, like if you guys are alone, call me. Just call me. I'm not going to like judge you, but call me. And so I remember one time I called. I'm like, hey, we're the only people at our house. And I really want to push the line. Like I'm feeling really tempted right now. And and so he prayed for me. And he's like, you better get out of there. You better get out of there. And luckily I left that time. Um, but uh, yeah, I, and, and, and I want to be honest about that. I... April and I did a lot of good things right in our dating relationship. And we did a lot of things wrong. We made a lot of mistakes. And my goal and my desire is that you all would have a better dating relationship than I ever did. That you would learn from my mistakes. That we could even speak into your life. Even though we're not that much older or older at all. Um, We do have the experience um, from mistakes and from mentors um, and then also, I've just been studying this for a long, long time, for years, um, and observing and counseling. So um, I would love to be involved in your dating relationship. Um, but, but don't let me be the only one. Get other older people who can speak into your life um, and hold you accountable. Because love is blind. Love is blind. You need people who can see clearly into your relationship who can tell this is not good, this is not healthy. The way they're talking to you, the way they're treating you, how clingy they are, this is not good. You need someone who can see clearly because when you are in love, you are dumb. All of us are. Every one of us. Amen. Okay, and then finally, so we need mentors in our life. And then finally, we're going to talk about the line. What is the line? How far is too far? When you are dating, you need to know the line of what is appropriate physically and what is God honoring. This is so important because the Bible has a strict judgment on sexual morality. It says over and over and over. And so, um, when we first started this series, like five or six weeks ago, I gave you all uh, a handout, and um, if you weren't here, you missed it. But but I have about thirty papers um, of of what asking the question: What's the purpose of marriage? What's the purpose of dating? What is appropriate physically when dating? And all of the answers are different. Um, but here are a few of the answers: Kissing is appropriate when dating. Hugging. Or or some people said, only holding hands, no further. Some people said, sex is okay if you've been together long enough. Um, Someone said, a French kissing, making out. Um, Anything that doesn't promote lust. Now, I don't know who wrote these. Good thing, no one wrote their names on them. But anything that doesn't promote lust, that is a very broad and subjective um, thing. Where, Where do we draw the line then on that? And then whatever keeps your hormones at bay. Um, was another answer. So, obviously, everybody has different opinions on this, and I think it's good that we discuss our opinions, because no one is right. And so, uh, 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 okay. No one is going to be just right on this, because you can't just pull out the Bible and say, hey, it is okay to make out, or it is okay to snuggle on the couch, or whatever. Um. So we 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 should discuss this and really try to find um, what would God say is okay, and I think we can definitely know what He will say is not okay. But um, but I I think in in most of life, in in according to Scripture, it's not all subjective, and I think that we've left this to a personal line like everybody hey do what is good for you what you think is okay whatever keeps your hormones at bay whatever you don't lust about and and people for decades have said oh well we can handle that we we can we can handle like we sleep together but we don't do anything for real what the heck are you guys do you hate each other like what what <laughs> um or 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 like we're, we're home alone all the time like we, we just come she chills at my apartment and, and we don't do anything. Um, and so anyway, let's just talk. Figure out, we need to figure out what would be considered sin. And then we need to set up boundaries to guard us from ever coming close to sin. If this is sin, I don't want to get close to that. Because sin is a slippery slope. As soon as we start to step on the side of the mountain, a rock can go out from under your feet and you go down the slippery slope of sin. James chapter 1, verse 14 and 15 says, Each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. We... So death is rooted in desire. Desire is conceived and gives birth to sin. Sin grows up and becomes death. And so really, we need to be careful about the desires of our heart and what we desire. The word lust is literally translated into desire. When we lust after something, we're desiring something. And so be very careful. I think that is where we need to draw the line. What do you desire? Because what you desire is going to pull you away and it's going to give birth to something. If your desire is sinful, it will give birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, does give birth or does grow up and give birth to death. Just like an electrical fence. An electrical fence We'll kill you. Um, well, let's turn it up like a million watts. Okay, we know 100% like the Jurassic Park one times 10 that it's going to shock you and kill you. So no, no person in their right mind who loves life and wants to live is going to get close to the fence. You're not going to say, let's, let's, let's see how close I can get without touching it right? No one's going to do that. We're going to stay away from that. And especially if it's on a hill, you're not going to climb on the hill. You're going to set up boundaries around that so that I don't ever get on this slippery slope. Because if I get on the slippery slope, I may slide all the way down and die. And the same is true with sin. It, is, um, it will lead to spiritual death. And we don't want that. So this leads to the question, what is appropriate physically when dating? We don't know. And we can't say exactly. But here is what we can say. That the Bible holds a high standard for sexual purity. All, we'll see it all throughout Scripture. There is a very high standard on sexual purity. And there is a very strong judgment against sexual immorality. There's a very strong judgment against sexual immorality and it's all over the place. So Ephesians chapter 5 says this, But among you, God's people, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people. So we need to then answer the question, what is sexual immorality? And then... Say there must not even be a hint of that. Right? Obviously, well, not obviously, but kind of obviously. If you read the Bible, sex before marriage, fornication, is sexual immorality. And so he doesn't say there must not be sexual immorality. He says there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality because this is improper for God's holy people. So, what is sexual immorality, and then what would be a hint? Of sexual morality. There's a, a scripture in Proverbs that says, "Like a muddied spring or a polluted well are the righteous who give way to wickedness." A spring or a well, a muddied spring or a polluted well, is mostly good. It's mostly good water, but there's a hint of mud. There's a hint of impurity, and it ruins the whole thing. And it says, that is like a righteous person who gives way to wickedness. Let us not give way to wickedness. Let there not be a hint of sexual immorality among us. We must stand for purity. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 3 through 8. This is so good. I would challenge you to memorize this. Memorize it. Listen to me. Memorize it. If you memorize this, and this is a long passage, but if you memorize this, this will help you stay pure. I had to memorize this. April and I had, to, had someone speaking into our life, and they said, memorize this scripture, because when you're together, guess what pops in my head right away? As soon as I start having desire, oh, oh the scripture. And, and what does Jesus fight Satan with? Scripture. So memorize scripture. Amen? God bless. Okay. Um, it says, God's will, God's will for you is to be set apart for him in holiness and that you keep yourselves unpolluted from sexual defilement. Yes, each of you must guard your sexual purity with holiness and dignity, not yielding to lustful passions like those who don't know God. Never take selfish advantage of a brother or sister in this matter, for we've already told you and solemnly warned you that the Lord is the avenger in all these things. For God's call on our lives is not to a life of compromise and perversion, but to a life surrounded in holiness. Verse 8 is the one that just like punch, slap, kick me in the face. Therefore, whoever rejects this instruction is not rejecting human authority, but God himself, who gives us his precious gift, his spirit of holiness. So, The question should not be, how far can we go? How close to the line can we get? And that's what John Mark said in that, he said, let's not, the the question isn't how far can we go, but how holy can we be? How pure can we be? How much joy can we bring to God in this relationship? That needs to be the question. And I know that this is like crazy talk. This is like alien talk. It really is. But we we are not of this world. God has called us to be separate and set apart. This is not the way the world thinks. How pure can we be? How God honoring can we be? So once you open the door to physicality, he he, he talked about that that scripture in, in Song of Solomon that's repeated three times. Do not arouse or awaken love until it's appropriate time. Why? Because once you open the door, it only satisfies for a short amount of time, and, and, and so you have to move a little bit closer. So so I, I gave this example to my youth, and, and let's just be honest, all of us are still in this spot. Like, may, okay, maybe you're not, but, but like, you know, like in high school and maybe even now still, I just don't know because I've been with her since forever, um, but like when your hand rubs against someone's hand that you like, your heart's pounding, right, your mouth is dry, and you're like, this is amazing, and, and you guys do that for like a week, like you just bump, and blah, right, okay, and then, and then it's like, okay, well, this isn't enough, like, let's just do that little pinky lock thing, and you like walk by each other, and like, when the teacher comes, like, you put your hand to the side, right, and that's satisfying for a time, and then it's like, okay, we need to actually hold hands, and then, and then, okay, that satisfies, and, and it's great and it gives you the shot of energy but then it's like okay we're used to this it's satisfied for a while and so now i'm going to put my arm around her waist maybe slide it down a little bit um, we're going to we're going to start hanging out alone more often we're going to do like we're, we're going to hug and hold and sway and and just like give long long goodbyes and well we all know what's going on in that situation um anyway once you open the door to, to whatever, anything physical, it always will lead to something more because it will only satisfy it for a short amount of time. And so honestly, the safest bet is just keep the door closed. Okay, that's psycho, right? To say don't touch at all while you date. That's like, who says that? I, I, I did not live by that. And so I was like, man, I shouldn't, I can't preach on this. How can I preach on this? I, I, I went beyond that line and, and I pushed the line far too often. And I have regrets from my dating relationship. And, and so it's hard for me to, to, to tell you, hey, don't do what I did or like at all. Like go to the point of just looking each other in the eyes. And, and that's it. And, and not even doing that for too long because, yeah. Love is in the eyes. Amen. Okay. Okay. Uh, But a drug addict can can give advice even though they had, like, okay, maybe they're a hypocrite, but they can still give advice and say, don't ever do it. Don't ever do it. We started out just holding hands, but it led to more. And not just me, but I, I spoke over the last three weeks. I've spoken to pastor after pastor, older Christian after older Christian, mentors all throughout our church and throughout a ton of people I know that aren't even involved with our church, just asking them, what, what would you say is okay? And all of them said, don't even open the door. And, and, and one of my, my pastor friends who, who said it so well, the greatest regrets I have came when I was in a relationship, and I wish I had never even opened the door at all. So my advice to you would be don't open the door. Um, and then I would ask you, I just have a few more bullet points and then we're, we're going to close. Um, but, but I would ask you to seriously consider this. What is the purpose of holding hands? What is the purpose of kissing? What's the purpose of it in dating? Do you need to do that in a dating relationship? Do you need to? Um, A a few pastors that I interviewed over the last few weeks asking them, this is what their advice was. They said, don't do anything in private that you wouldn't do in public, which can be so broad of a spectrum, right? Because some people are super comfortable doing crazy stuff in public. You're like, oh my goodness. Every every Sunday after after I leave church, there's this park near my house and like seriously, almost every week, if it's not too cold, there's a couple laying out on the grass with the it is nasty. Okay, it's nasty. They're, they're so weird. These, they're so weird. Anyway, <laughs> let's leave it at that. <laughs> I just, I, yeah. Don't do anything in private that you wouldn't do in public. Um, another one said, if you can't do it in front of their parents, in front of your parents, then don't do it. Pastor Josh, our senior pastor, said this. Whoever dates my daughter, I'm going to let them know whatever you do to her, I'm doing to you. You want to hold her hand? That's fine. I'm going to hold your hand. If you, want to, if you want to snuggle her, I'm going to snuggle you. If you want to kiss her, you and I are kissing. So um, I think that, I, I mean, even though that's funny, like, hey, man, we should maybe, that, that's good. That's smart. Um, and, and so that was, that was a lot of advice from other people I got. Um, this one would be my advice to you. This, is, this would be what I would say. I don't know. If I agree with all of those, actually I don't agree with all of them um, because some people are willing to do crazy things in public um, and, and like, or in front of their parents or like, I don't mind if her dad does that to me. Hey, you know, weird, what? Okay, um, <laughs> this, the, yeah, weird, what? Oh my gosh. Okay, so, so here we go. This is my advice to you. Write this down in your mind, on your pen, I mean in your paper. Write this. The moment you cross the line from attraction to arousal, stop. That would be my advice to you. The moment you cross the line from attraction to arousal, stop because when, when what I shared with you at the beginning of this message, arousal, just arousal releases chemicals that cause you to bond to this person and to rip that apart is very painful and it makes you way more blind than you could ever be. Um, and so now I just need to pause on that. For a woman to get aroused takes a lot of work. For a guy to get aroused, it, it doesn't take much. The, the brushing of the hand is enough for, for a lot of men. All right? And, and I'm serious. Um, and so, so I would say to the ladies, please think, think about the man. Men are so ridiculous. Like, we are so crazy. I, it's like, why? Why? What? Oh, my goodness. Okay. Um, so guard the man, okay? Women are, like, super touchy. Like, one, one thing I hate so much about this person, I love Ariel. I love her. <laughs> But she always wants to just, like, cuddle up to my wife. I'm like, get out of here, you freak, right? No, guys, we're not going to be doing that, right? It's so weird, so weird. Like, yeah. I came over to the house one night, and, and, like, Bethany and April are, are laying on the couch and, like, crossing their legs over each other or something. I'm like, what is wrong with you? But because for girls, like, that's, like, nothing. That's just, like, affection, like, whatever. Guys, we're not doing that, right? Um... So, ladies, I would say, like, seriously, the Christian side hug is a joke, but it's a real thing. The side hug. So many men. And, and let, me, let me just tell you on a serious note, um, I have counseled so many men who, who are being honest with me, who say, when I hug a girl, I press her up against and I feel her breasts pushing on me. And I remember that feeling, I remember that thought, and I go home, and I take it to the max. There, I, And I, I'm being serious. Um, and, and guys, you tell me, I, I watch for women bending over, picking up stuff, and I look down their blouse, I capture that, take a mo- mental picture, and I go home, and I go somewhere else with it. Okay, now, that that's like gross to think about, and... Um, but it's not like the ungodliest of person. Like it's like people who are pretty respectable, pre- pretty godly people that know the Bible, that have been in church for a long time. Men are just crazy, man. Um, spooning. Let me just like nix that out of the equation, okay? If a girl's butt is on a guy's stuff, it's not just like oh we're just like you know we're just snuggling. It's nothing. It's going somewhere else, definitely, like, he's definitely somewhere else in his mind, and he is loving it. So, ladies, don't do it. Maybe it doesn't arouse you. It's arousing him. Guard him. Protect him. Don't do that. Guys, just make a line. Say, no, this is not happening. There is a big difference between men and women. And now the last point I just want to touch on um, is, is kissing. According to the Bible, kissing is not a sin. According to Scripture, it is not. Um, we read um, where Paul says, "Greet each other with a holy kiss." I know some of you are like, "Hey, let's implement that here." I would love to go around and yeah, yeah, okay. Um, but a holy kiss. So, so we have to ask the question: What is a holy cu- kiss? What was Paul talking about? I don't know exactly. I don't know exactly, but I do know that the word "holy" means different. Now, all throughout the world, kiss. A kiss is a ro- is a romantic thing. For the majority of kisses are romantic. And then there's a different kiss. Like the kiss you do when you kiss your mom goodbye or uh, your dad or your grandma. That is a non-romantic kiss. So I would say that a holy kiss is a non-romantic kiss. And so if you can kiss your mom the same way you kiss her and have those same feelings, okay? If you can kiss him and and in in the same way that you or kiss your dad the same way that you're kissing him. Okay. Um but a holy kiss is a non-romantic kiss. And um I think in dating most kisses are, are romantic. And so um guard yourself in that. And I want to end with this scripture, Proverbs 627 says, Can a man embrace fire and his clothes not get burned? Can a person be sexually immoral and not have great repercussions because of it. There, it, it happens. It's it, it's impossible, right? You can't put coals on your lap and not be burned, and not go through your clothes. So, what I would um, my final challenge tonight is is I have three questions to ask you on on boundaries. What kind of boundaries should you set up? Number one with curfew. I didn't give that to you. Sorry. Um, number one with curfew. Bad things happen after dark, so give yourself a curfew. Even if you are an adult, and I don't have to answer to no one because I don't have a curfew, I can say I'll midnight. Right? We were also pumped when we first had that opportunity. Um, give yourself a curfew. Uh, April and I did not always do this, um, but once we started realizing we are weak, we then implemented a ten o'clock curfew, and that sucks, man. It's like, what? The night's just beginning. I'm a young adult, man. I can stay up to four in the morning. Um, but we started implementing that curfew. Um, location. What, what what are the places you should be? Sin grows when you are alone. So guard the locations that you are at. We uh, had so many dates at IHOP or at Walmart or at Village Inn because if we're in a car alone together, or we're at your house alone together, or just alone, sin happens in um, when you're alone. So make sure that you're not alone. Make sure that you're in public places. If you make your curfew till midnight, like literally, so for a long time it was like midnight, and and because we wanted to guard our purity, literally, I, I many times on many occasions we would sit on a bench in Walmart forever, like because I don't want to sin. Um, and then finally, uh, what are the people? Who are the people you have around? Because bad company corrupts good character. Be very be very careful with the friends you have around you because a lot of friends are just like, oh, you guys are so cute together. It's like they've been together for a week. You don't know if they're cute together, right? Like they became Facebook official and everybody's like, oh my gosh, you guys are so cute. What does that even mean? You're so cute together. That's like terrible advice, right? So, So get around good people who are going to be serious and like, tell you the truth and who are going to call you out and say like, hey, that's too far, man. Um, So that's my message for tonight. That is the the wisdom and advice I would give you. Guard yourself in this. Guard yourself in it. Live to honor God. Live to please God. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you want to stay up to date with everything we're doing, make sure you follow us on social media and check out our website at crossparallel.com.